thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. I want to speak to you about this word here, uh, which is a very strange word called divok. And um, I'm, I need to credit this because one of my kind of personal, uh, if you like, mentors from a distance, I don't know him, but I listen to him every week, is a guy called Louis Giglio. And several months ago, he spoke and I've kind of taken his idea and, and his kind of theme. He did it so well. And I thought that's so powerful and so true for us as well. So I want to credit him, okay? He kind of used a different word. But the reason I'm calling it divok is because it's actually another word backwards, which is this word, covid and you say, no, we're not going to talk about COVID again. We're fed up of talking about COVID again. But when you think about it backwards, when you think about looking back, there is a moment when I think as a church and as a community, we need to acknowledge that even though we're through it, we're not over it. We're through it, but we're not over it. I don't know whether you know that the, um, the World Health Organisation on May the 5th declared the COVID crisis over. Anyone know that? Remember that? Didn't get hardly any airtime at all. So we heard about crisis, crisis for two years. Then, uh, then, then in this year, the World Health Organization declared that it was over. Of course, we know COVID's not. But the reality is that COVID has a long tail. Has a long tail. And when you think about where we're at as a people, uh, as a planet, you know, we have never had the levels of anxiety and depression that we've got right now. Neil did a great job Sunday talking about young people and that whole thing. But it's not just a young people issue, it's a people issue. I don't think we've ever had so much uncertainty. I think within us, if we're really honest, there's some passivity that's crept into us. There's some exhaustion, there's some fatigue, there's some disappointment. And I don't know about you, but the disappointments kept coming, didn't they? Because not only did we have COVID, on the back of COVID, there was that whole Black Lives Matter thing and the racist issue, which was so devastating to so many people in our community. Uh, and yet there was so much polarisation then around those issues. Uh, and so we've never been as fractured. We've never been as divided. We've never been as angry as, we, as we've been in these last few years. I don't know whether you, anyone notice on the roads? Not a lot of, you know, there's a lot more anger on the roads, I think. We're over it or we're through it rather, but we're not over it. It's left a mark on us as people. And I think it's left a mark on us as a church as well. And part of this is for our sites. And that over the summer, we've been praying and looking at our sites and really seeking God. And as a result of all of that, and obviously Joe's decision to step down um, the situation in Hagley, we came to some big conclusions and uh, many of you know this now, we've shared it with the people that we need to share it with and we have shared it publicly with you all as well if you're on our database that we have decided and this is the most painful decision we've made in many, many years to close our Rowley site, our Rowley location. We're pausing the Sunday gatherings of Hagley for a season uh, with Joe stepping down. But Gareth, who joined us on team two months ago, is going to be heading up the Hagley Church and we're excited about that. In the next two months in Hagley, we're pausing the Sundays, but we're regathering in the week and we really believe that God wants to reinvest and refresh what we're doing in Hagley. The guys at Bromsgrove are doing a phenomenal job in the microsite. That core team there are doing a great job building new relationships in the community. We would love to go on a journey with those Bromsgrove guys to hopefully launch Bromsgrove as a site 
right sometime in 2024. And our friends at Cliberry Mortimer continue to astound us by the incredible missional work they're doing in that village, which is 45 minutes away. And there are a couple of them are here tonight. I'm sure some of them will watch online. So it's a mixed picture. But when you look at all of that, the reality is COVID has taken its toll on all of us. And I know as a leader, uh, and I'm being really honest with you, I know that some of the fire I had in my soul in 2017, 18 and 19 is not quite the fire I've got in my soul now. Now that's my responsibility to, to go before God. And I am doing that to say, God, I want you to light that fire again. But I recognise that the last two to three years have been incredibly difficult for all of us, let alone the crisis. We've had personal stuff going on in our lives. You have, I have, many of us have. So, so where's the hope in all this? When we look backwards at COVID, well, well, well I'm going to where the hope is. Because, you know, one of, one of the verses that's really important to me in Lamentations, again, and um, Andy talks about Ecclesiastes. Lamentations is one of those other really quite depressing uh, books in the Bible. But actually, some of the most beautiful verses are wrapped up in Lamentations 3, where it says this, I will never forget. This is Jeremiah speaking, who's looking at the devastation in Israel. Crisis after crisis, okay, uh, and destruction after destruction, um, disappointment after disappointment. And he says, I'll never forget this awful time. So he's being real about the issue as I grieve over my loss. I know the guys at Rowley are grieving right now. and We stand with them in that, okay, that this is a loss. Yet I still dare to hope. Amen. I still dare to hope. When I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. Leaders can come and go. Things can stop and start. Crises can come and go. But the faithful love of the Lord never, ever ends. Our hope is not only in the promises of God, but it's in who God says He is. And this is a key word. You can go on to the next one. It's a key word, restore. You see, God promises that He will be the God who restores. In fact, in 1 Peter 5 verse 10, it says this, And the God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, after you suffered a little while. Peter says that, a little while. And maybe some of you tonight, and, and I believe that God wants to speak to you personally tonight. Maybe you say, oh yeah, Leon, I've suffered a long while. And maybe you have. But, but Peter's saying, in the light of eternity, it's all a little while. He's not just diminishing it, but he's saying a little while. But then this God will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. And there's a, there's a little book in the Old Testament, which is the first part of the Bible, for those of you that are newer to faith and stuff. And it's what we call the minor prophets. There's the major prophets, the kind of big guys with the big books. But there's this whole bunch of minor prophets, not because they're less important, but because they're shorter books. And one of them called Joel, he prophesies something really quite powerful. And he says this, so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. This is a really strange message tonight, isn't it? And I want to, say, I want to share this with you because actually, this is so important. Because Joel mentions, and in the original Hebrew, there's four different words for these locusts. They're all different kinds of locusts. And I don't know if you remember Pastor Ebenezer who came in May. Anyone remember him from India, our friend from India? I've been out there twice, incredible guy. And on the back of COVID, he said they had floods and they had 
fires and then they had swarming locusts. They had like a two kilometer wide swarm of locusts that came into their area and literally devastated everything. And remember he said that at the end, they all ate everything and then they all died. And he says, and we were walking on dead locusts. I mean, it's wild, isn't it? But, but when you look at this original prophecy, he's talking about the fact that there are different kinds of locusts doing different kinds of things. And in the original word, it talks about all these different kinds of locusts and they were crawling and they were swarming and they were chewing and they were consuming. And it was almost like, like these different things came and did different things to the people. And each time they did something, they took something away. In other words, they took what was already there. And so the people are on the back of loss after loss, disappointment after disappointment, frustration after frustration. And yet God says in the middle of all that, I will restore. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that if you've lost somebody that they're going to come back. But what it does mean is that God promises you he will restore. And that word restore is really important. In the Hebrew, it's the word shalam. And it literally means to be complete or sound, made whole or good, recompense, repay, reimburse, renew, reward. And it's like God saying, listen, listen, you hang around me long enough, I'll restore. Don't you love that? I'll restore. And I feel that God wants to say to you guys tonight, to us, to me, to us individually and corporately, this is the season that God wants to restore. He wants to restore something of the years that the locusts have eaten. The crawling ones, the swarming ones, the ones we didn't see, the unexpected ones, the ones that were irritating, the big ones that came in. All of that God wants to restore. But in order to restore, Joel has another R word that that is so important in his book and it's this word, return. And he says to me, part of the problem is that in the confusion, in the pain of what's happened through the season, you've drifted away and I want you to return. And when you return, then I'll restore. When you return, then I will restore. In Joel 2 verse 12, it says, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. And there's a sense of which when we do that, we we acknowledge what's happened, we acknowledge what's gone, and we return to God, and then He's able to restore. So I want to give you some practical things here as well. How do we... How do we get that restoration? How does God restore in our lives? And this is not just meant to be a tick list, okay, or a formula. But these are principles that are important. Number one, we've got to admit what's been lost. Some of you have got to do that. You've got to admit what's been lost. You've lost something. Uh, maybe, maybe for some of you, it's very tangible. I know some of you lost people in covid Some of you went to funerals in COVID and had weddings in COVID and celebrations, young people that you couldn't go to because of COVID. Sometimes we've got to admit that something is in us, okay, as a result of what's been lost. We've got to admit what's been lost. But then secondly, we've got to identify the marks left behind. So so what does that mean, actually? I'm kind of not the same person because of that. You know, for me, I know that I've lost some of my leadership fire and energy that I used to have. As a result of the last few years, some of that's personal because of what's happened in our own family. Some of that's situational because of how hard it's been the last couple of years. I'm not saying that for you to feel sorry for me, but I need to identify the marks left behind because that's my, that's my responsibility. And then number three, we need to return and reconnect to the Prince of Peace. We need to return and reconnect with the Prince of Peace. He's our only hope, isn't he? Come on, isn't he our only hope? And when you know in the middle 
of all of that lost, that actually there is a God who loves us so much. And when we return and reconnect to the Prince of Peace, everything can change. And then I think coming out of that, number four, we have to make a decision to move on. I think some of us have got passive. Some of us have got passive. We've got hurt in this season. And we've made a decision. We're going to stay in the hurt. You will never be restored if you stay in the hurt. We have to make a decision. We are not going to be shaped by the disappointment. We're not going to be shaped by the pandemic in a negative way. It will have affected us. It will put marks on us. But we're going to move on. We're going to move on in Jesus' name. And for some of us, in order to move on, we're going to need to do number five. We need to ask for help. We need to ask for help. I think this is the season when, you know, in the crisis, we came together as a church unbelievably, didn't we? I mean, like when we could connect as connect groups, too many connects there, on, on, on Zoom, everybody was there. Everybody connected because we knew that we needed one another. Now we're in a season where that's not quite the same. But I tell you what, we need one another just as much now as we did then. We need to ask for help. And not just because we're needy, but because we know that we want to move on and that we want to grow and we can't do that on our own because that's not how we're designed to be. Number six, be grateful and generous. This is so important. You know, I've got to learn this a lot in my own life. Certainly the grateful one that in the middle of loss, in the middle of pain, we're going to be restored to the level, I think, that we're also grateful and generous. This is a season when it's very difficult to be grateful and generous. But this is a season where we need to push against that and become grateful and generous. And I think when we're grateful people and we're generous people, God restores something inside of us. Which is why we're doing above and beyond again this year. Last year you gave financially through above and beyond. And we were able to bless so many people. We sent thousands of pounds overseas. We spent thousands of pounds to people locally and nationally. And we were able to do that. This year on Sunday, October the 1st, I want to invite all of you to give over and above what you normally give so that we can reach and go where we, where we wouldn't go. You give above you know, what you'd normally give so we can go beyond where we would normally go. And I think when we do that, we're fighting that temptation to get stuck in our loss and in our disappointment. We're going with an opposite spirit, being grateful and generous. Number seven, I'm nearly there. Don't waste the season. The only thing worse than a crisis is a wasted crisis. How many of you know that in the crisis, we learned some good things, didn't we? How many of you walked more than you've ever walked before? Yeah? How many of you enjoyed simple things that you didn't used to enjoy before? But how many of you know now we've lost some of that, haven't we? I know I have. So don't waste the season. That's how one of the ways that God is going to restore what the years that the locusts have eaten by not wasting the season. And then finally, number eight, wait on the Lord. And by that, I don't mean passively wait. I mean actively wait, where we engage with God, where we, where we push ourselves into God, where we invite God by His Spirit to connect with us and to restore us. And so I want to invite the band to come back up, please. And uh, I, I want to lead us in, in something right now. If you can come up quick, guys, I should have told you earlier than that, my fault. But I've put like what I call a prayer of restoration up on, on the screen. And I want to just break it down for us. So the first thing says this, I will take no shame in lamenting loss. I don't feel shame. Say it. Say it to God. Say it to somebody else. Saying, I'm hurting. Through this season, whether it's COVID related or not, through this season, there's loss. 
And we don't like as Pentecostal people, charismatic people to talk about lament. But lament is in the Bible. Lament is really important. I will take no shame in lamenting loss. But then secondly, I will examine my life. The other thing that I'm finding happening at the moment is, is many of us are knowing we've got loss and disappointment and are blaming others and are projecting out, out of our loss and out of our pain rather than examining our life and saying, Jesus, search me by your Spirit. See if there's anything in me. Rather than pushing it out and blaming others, I will examine my life. Number three, I will return to and remain in Jesus. Not, I'm not talking about the church. The church is really important, really important. It's one of the ways we connect to Jesus, but it's not the church. It's remaining in Jesus, returning to Jesus. Number four, I will choose to move on. I will choose. I'll make a decision. I'm going to move on. I'm not just going to step back and be passive. I'm not just going to step back and be critical. I'm not just going to step back and fold my arms. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. Number five, I will lean on others. I'll lean on others. Number, the next one, whatever the number is, six. I will be grateful and generous. I'll be grateful and generous. I will take the good with me. I'll take the good with me. And then finally, I will wait on the Lord actively. I want to invite you to stand. I invite you to stand. I'm going to hold this on the screen for a moment. And I want to ask you just to look at that and read it if you're online. Hopefully you can see it as well uh, here by the side of me. I will take no shame in lamenting loss. I will examine my life. I will return to and remain in Jesus. I will choose to move on. I will lean on others. I will be grateful and generous. I will take the good with me. I will wait on the Lord actively. And you know the key thing here is probably those first two repeating words, I will. It's an act of the will. And I think being restored by God God will do the restoring. You see, God will do what we cannot do, but we have to do what God will not do. And some of this stuff, God won't do it, only you and I can do it. But the restoring and the life and the energy and the power and the change, that's all God. That's all God. So, if you want to, could we say this out loud together? If you don't mean it, don't say it. But if something stirred in your heart, I'll read through it all. And as you want to, read a line with me. If you don't want to read all of them, don't. But if you say, that's me, then I want to invite you to read this through together as our corporate and as our individual act of prayer, our prayer for restoration. So let's read. I will take no shame in lamenting loss. I will examine my life. I will return to and remain in Jesus. I will choose to move on. I will lean on others. I will be grateful and generous. I will take the good with me and I will wait on the Lord actively. And let's pray. Jesus, we thank You for Your Word and we thank You for Your power and Your presence of Your Spirit. God, so much has happened tonight. But Lord, this is such a key moment right now. And God, I want to pray that you would meet with many of us tonight. God, some of us, we've lost things in our life. Some of the things have been taken from us. Some of the things we've let go. Some of the things we've done that have caused us to lose things in our life. And Lord, we're coming out to you tonight. We're saying to you tonight, God, would you restore? 
Would you restore the years that the locusts have eaten? Would you restore? We will return. God, would you restore? And so Lord, I pray in these moments that we would meet with you, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, you would speak and touch many of us in our lives, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe God has spoken to some of us and I want to invite you. Uh, we don't do this very often these days, but we're going to be doing it a little bit more because we believe this is an important season. But we're going to begin to worship in a moment. And if you know that this is you, that you need God to restore something in your life and you've heard God speak to you tonight, I want to invite you to come and to stand along the front and some of our prayer team want to just pray with you. Okay, they're not going to do anything weird or freaky. They're just going to pray with you as you've responded to God. So as we begin to sing, I want to invite you to come and to stand along the front and we would love to pray with you. And if you don't, and if you're doing business with God where you are, that's great. But for some of us, that decision of stepping forward is us saying, I will return. I will return. God, would you restore me? God, would you restore me? It's your decision to say, I will move on. I choose to move on. I'm not going to stay in my loss. I'm not going to stay in my pain and disappointment. I'm choosing to move on. And as you do that, we believe that God will meet you in the And all we want to do is just enable and help facilitate what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in your life. So Father, as we respond to you now in worship, in ministry, in prayer, God, Holy Spirit, breathe through this place, I pray. Breathe through this place. Bring joy back again. Bring hope back again. Bring life back again, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we sing, love to invite you if you want to respond.